to keep your hearts receptant as the teaching is being given thank you lord for right as i earlier stated today i'm beginning a series teaching and the title of this series teaching is understanding the name of god understanding the name of god understanding the name of god praise be to god the bible clearly shows us through the writing of the scriptures that god knows each and every one of us the bible reveals to us that god knows the numbers of our hair he knows certain things concerning us to a greater amount of degree in fact i i should better put it this way he knows us fully the bible further reveals to us that god knows our name now it's very interesting and very beautiful to understand that god knows our name but now let's look at it in another dimension or another angle if god knows your name allow me to ask you do you know his name If God knows your name how about you do you know his name We're going to begin reading Psalms chapter 9 verse 10 as our opening scripture so that we get to understand a few things Hallelujah Hallelujah Psalms chapter number 9 verse 10 reads and they and they that know your name who put their trust in you for you lord has not forsaken them that seek you i'll read it again and they that know your name will put their trust in you for you lord have not forsaken them that seek you i want us to work this scripture out so that we may understand something The psalmist is saying they that know your name trust in you. And this is a picture and this is something that what is explained is concerning God. Now from here we we'll understand something. We we'll understand two things. Number one, it is possible for people to not know God's name. Because the Bible is saying for they that know your name will trust you so meaning there are people that do not know god's name and there are people that do not trust him and then the bible the bible goes on to say for you have not forsaken those that seek you this is to show us the only people that are able to know god's name are they that seek him 
Now, when the Bible talks about seeking, it doesn't necessarily talk about looking for someone generally. Seeking has to do with an intimate search. Seeking is a continuous, intimate, uh, continuous act of intimacy. What am I trying to say? We found God, yet we're still seeking Him. It's intimacy. And the Bible reveals to us that a people that seek the Lord are able to know His name. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Have you ever wondered how someone who is qualified to reveal the Lord, how someone is anointed to be a preacher, to be an apostle, begins to say, I consider everything else to be useless to the surpassing knowledge of getting to know God. That's what Apostle Paul said. Have you ever wondered someone who is so qualified to reveal Jesus, to reveal things concerning the Lord, is able to say, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. Isn't, so, isn't it interesting? How is it that Peter is able to say, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God? Are you telling me these people did not know God? What is it to know concerning God? What is there to know about God? Now the biggest question is, do you know his name? Ask your neighbor. You're scared to ask your neighbor. You can do what the pastor said. Do you know his name? Now, ordinarily, a name is a label of identification. So if I say, Elmai, I'm simply making reference to Elmai as a label of identification. That's how we identify her. If we say, go and get a book from Samuel, Samuel is his name, and then it is a label of identification. It is simply a label of identification. Ordinarily, as the world puts it, as the world understands it, a name is simply a label of identification. But have you asked yourself this question? Is that how the scriptures perceive this understanding? Is the scriptures, are the scriptures limiting the word name to a label of identification? If you read the Bible, every time you see the word name, does it mean it's a label of identification? If it's a level of identification, or rather, if it's a level of identification, then today, I want you to explain to me certain things that you say and practice. Like, for example, how do you say, Dear Lord, I bless your name. Which name are you blessing? Hey, how many have prayed like that? I praise your name. Hey, which name? You just heard Deacon Samuel. Then you say, Ah, I praise your name, Lord. 
So I want understanding because I, I, I want answers because if a name, if the word name is simply a label of identification, explain to me how you say, I praise your name. What does it mean? Explain to me when you say, Hallowed be thy name. Explain to me when you say, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It didn't say the Lord. It says the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. A name. You've quoted the scripture. Hallelujah. Explain to me. Explain to me how you quote Psalms and you're able to say, others trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Ah. So are you making reference to a level of identification or there is something the Bible and the scriptures reveal concerning a name that we need to understand. Otherwise, if we are limited to understanding a name simply as a label of identification, there are certain things that we are going to miss. Amen and amen. And that is why I'm sure now in the end you will begin to ask yourself, what do I mean when I say in the name of Jesus? Don't worry. This teaching is going to change your life greatly. Now, in the Old Testament, you have to understand that the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language and therefore translated into different languages altogether. Now, from its original translation, the word which is translated into English name is a Hebrew word called Shem. S-H-E-M. It's a Hebrew word called Shem. So every time people who are translating would see the word Shem, they would put it into English as name. So every time you see, and the Lord, or, or when you see, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name. That word name is Shem. Alright. And, and, you, maybe you would come across something maybe like and Pastor Shay's wife's name that's Shem is Mrs. Shay alright so what we need to understand concerning this Hebrew word shame is that it has got different meanings altogether and I cannot explain all the meanings today but today I have one major meaning to explain to you of course originally or ordinarily it is a label of identification a name is a label of identification but another meaning of this word shame means it explains the reality of who someone is it explains the reality of who someone is so when you see someone being revealed and then the word is called name or there's, there's a usage of the word name. It might mean there's a reality of someone being revealed. That's why when you say, dear God, 
I bless your name. What you are, what you are doing is that you are praising the reality of who he is. Who is he? He is Lord. Who is he? He is wonderful. Who is he? He is great. Who is, who is he? He is powerful. So every time you say, I bless your name, I praise your name, you are simply exhorting the reality of who he is. Glory to God. Some trust in chariots, others in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. We trust in who the Lord is. He is powerful. We trust in who the Lord is. He is merciful. We trust in who the Lord is. He is glorious. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The reality of who God is, is a strong tower. And the righteous run to him and they are what? Saved. Glory to God. Hallowed be your name. To hallow is to simply sanctify, to declare holy, to set apart. Do you know what it means when I'm saying to set apart? What you are saying is, when you're saying hallowed be your name, you're saying, Lord, you will set apart. We're not putting you among us great because you do not belong to people who are great. You are greater than the greatest. You, you are set apart. When we talk about someone who's powerful, we don't need to include another person. We don't need to say, Lord, you are more powerful than the devil. No, he's not in any category. That's why we say, hallowed be your name. No competition, no matchup, nothing, nothing, nothing. Now, you see, when you get to understand such things, then you also get to understand your God. If God has no competition, then mm, the God you serve is dangerous. It's powerful. It's not someone to play with. Glory to God. Now, let's go ahead and see how God is revealed in the Old Testament. Genesis chapter number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now that word God comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. Now you've heard that before. Comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim meaning the infinite God, the infinite judge of the universe, the sustainer. So in Genesis 1, God is revealed as an infinite God, as a judge of the universe, he is revealed as a sustainer. And that's why when you look at the word Elohim, most of the times we shorten the word Elohim and we get the first letters, uh, the first two letters, L, and we add something. L meaning, it also means God. So you will hear men, you will hear people give God names. You will hear people give even other people names. So you hear, have you heard of words like El Elyon? It's like you're saying Elohim Elyon. God, the mighty God. El Rohi, 
shepherds. El Olam, the everlasting God. El Eroi, the God who sees. And that's why now you even have I know sometimes people also want to bring the aspect of God even in people's names. And that's why you have Daniel. Means God my judge. Samuel. Meaning head by L. Head by God. Israel. The prince of God. Hallelujah. Wamana El. Glory to God. I should hear my L's my last. <laughs> Glory to God. Alright. So you'll notice throughout the scriptures that God is encountering people. And every time he's encountering people in a different way. Remember I said his name reveals the reality of who he is. So you'll find today he encounters uh, uh, Abraham. And Abraham says, hey, Today he will encounter someone. He will encounter David. And David will say, this is uh, El, El, the Lord who is my shepherd, El Rohi. Today he will heal someone. And they'll call him Rafa. So, because of the different facets that God was revealing himself to people, people began to give him names. But remember, the facets that were revealed to the people did not mean that was the only thing God could do. So, just because today I am your Jehovah Rafa, I have healed you, it doesn't mean... I am not Jehovah El Elyon, the mighty God who dresses up as a mighty warrior to fight for you. So, people would only know God based on what he does for them, not based on who he is. And that's why in the book of Exodus chapter number 3, God reveals himself and that's the only time he gives himself a name. What did he say? I am that I am. What did he mean? He says, whatever you need me to be, I am. Hallelujah. So who is God to you today? He can be Jehovah Rapha. Who is God for you today? He can be Jehovah Tzidukenu. He can be... Some other people say Jehovah overdose. They, they, they bring their own things. Jehovah overdose. Why? It's you who's giving him a name based on what he's done for you. But there's a greater reality in knowing the name of God. Not based on what he's done for you, but based on who he actually is. Who he is. That's why David was able to say, Whom do I have in heaven but you? And on earth, nothing that I desire but you. Even if my heart fails, I know you are still my portion. Even if, even if I'm not delivered, you are still my deliverer. Even if I'm not yet healed, you are still the healer. Glory to God. But you see, it gets very interesting. 
Because this is a time when God is actually revealing himself in the Old Testament. But then Jesus comes. And he wants you to realize and understand who God really is. We thank God you've seen him do mighty things. Most of the times when the Israelites would talk about their God, it's because of how he delivered them from Egypt, how he parted the sea, based on what he had done. But there's a place to graduate and get to know God for who he is. And Jesus was establishing that when he came here on earth. Glory to God. He was establishing that when he came here on earth. And while he left, he said something. Because, I'll get to it. Because Jesus was really establishing it when he was on earth. But clearly, it seems like people did not really catch it. They didn't really catch it. But he says, don't worry. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. Whom the Bible says, who searches the deep things of God. So God actually had to send the Holy Spirit. So that you may have a clearer and accurate understanding and knowledge of who he is. And that's why the first thing you do when you give your life to Christ. Is that the Spirit of the Lord comes to dwell in you. So that you do it. So that you may know God. So that you may know God. So that you may know the God that you say come into my heart. Hallelujah. But now the question is, what is it that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us a name that we need to understand God as? In the new covenant. Because back then we would call him Jehovah Rapha. We would call him Jehovah this. But these were names that were given by man. What is it? What name is it that we need to understand concerning God. So that we may know him for who he is. And begin to walk in the reality of his goodness. And begin to walk a different way of life. Remember the Bible says. They that know my name will put their trust in me. In short, do you know what the Bible also says concerning trust? It says, they that trust in me will never be put to shame. So they that know God will be shaken. But sweet Holy Spirit, when you came, what name, what name did you come to reveal to us? Romans chapter number 8 let's go to Romans chapter number 8 and we'll start from verse 15 the Bible says this for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father the revelation that is revealed to us 
as believers in the new covenant. The revelation that is revealed to us concerning who God's name is, is Abba, Father. Is Abba, Father. Why is it Abba, Father? You notice that everything that was done in the Old Testament by God is the exact thing a father would do for you. When you need protection, a father will protect you. When you need guidance, a father will guide you. When you need someone to stand by your side, a father will do so. When you need someone to fight for you, a father will do so. And so God really wanted you to realize and understand that, look, I'm not just there to protect you. I'm not there just to help you. I'm not just there to stand by with you. I'm there to be your father and I will do everything. And that's why the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. And by Him, we cry out, Abba, Father. Why are we crying out, Abba, Father? Because that's who He is. The Spirit of God has to come and live in us for us to understand that He is Daddy, 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 Daddy. We thank God for the revelations that came through the other places. But you see, have you observed that God did great things for Israel? He protected them. He fought for them. He did all sorts of things, but it seems like they kept rejecting him. I'm going to tell you this. Today, if you have a man who is trained in martial arts and you have your father standing by you, any day you will choose your father to protect you. And that's why the revelation of Abba, Father, brings us close to God. Because we get to understand that God really is our everything. He really is our protector. He really is our guide. He really is our shield. He really is our deliverer. When you get to understand God as Abba, Father, that will be the end of certain prayer points. That will be the end of certain prayer points. Don't you think God knows that you, you have to get married? He's your father. Ha! Manje, get on 40 days fasting. For what? Locate me, Adam, wherever you are sleeping. I know you're sleeping, but... Does fasting have to take your Adam to wake up? Have you ever wondered? Have you even ever wondered how, even in the scriptures, the Bible, when it talks about praying for food, it tells you when you're praying for food, give thanks. It didn't tell you to, to cancel all the poison. Where did you take that from? No, whatever poison is in my food, I nullify fire. Fire morning simmer. Fire morning simmer. It says, give thanks. When Jesus got the, the bread and the, he says, I thank you. Why are you thanking him? Because he's the provider. 
when you know your father when you know that god is your father you don't have to ask for protection every night before going to bed do you have to ask your father to protect me daddy nipempira hapa protect me then what is the use of the scriptures that says who can snatch you out of my hands not even the professional plucker not even sickness not even sin nothing 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 why if god is declaring that no one can snatch you out of his hands meaning he is ready to fight anyone that wants to do that he's ready he's ready he's ready Why do you think God himself was able to defend a dead body of Moses? What more you who's alive? Moses was not even into sonship. What more you who is his dear son? Dear son. The Bible says God sent Michael and Michael goes to 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 Satan that to Satan and says the Lord rebuke you. Notice It's not my voice says I rebuke you. It says the Lord rebuke you. In short you're saying here I'm coming I'm standing in authority of the owner of this body. The owner of this body is not happy with what you're doing. Not me, not me my the owner. Tia Gabriel. Abba Father. He's our father. Why do you think he's able to do exceedingly abundantly for whatsoever you ask or imagine? By the way, the word ask is not begging. It's claiming. It's not begging, it's claiming. Claiming. Why do you think the Bible is able to say you've been qualified to receive the inheritance of the saints of light? There's an inheritance. What do you do with an inheritance? You don't ask for it, you claim it. So he says whatsoever you ask or imagine. In short, he is even willing to answer your prayer point which is already floating in the mind. Before that's why it says before you ask I will answer you. It's just here. It's, it's it's about to it's it's about to come out from your lips but God has said yes, yes, yes. And that's why the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. Meaning whatsoever you need has been he's approved it. He says yes, my daughter. Yes, and my daughter. And then the Bible says but the amen, the amen is said by you. You, 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 you. So in short God achieved it. So it's up to you to receive it. Glory to God. If you can understand this, your life will never be the same. Satan loves to lie so many people that God hates them. I'll be honest with you. Many of us have made so many mistakes in life. Some of you have perhaps been whipped so many times. But regardless of the discipline we've received from our parents, they still love us. 
Today you will not talk to them. They will say, ah, good morning, how are you? How are you doing? Whether you ignore, they will continue. Why? Because they are only disciplining you. In the same way, if you can understand that God is your father, that is just not an ordinary father. Jesus, that's what I'm saying, when Jesus came, he was revealing something. Have you noticed, what did Jesus make reference to God every time? My father. The one who sent me, my father. People were not catching it. Every time he was doing, the works that I do, I see my father do it. I see my father. And then he was saying, look, if you want to pray, this is how you should pray. Our father. But they were not getting it. They were not getting it. He says, I, the works that you see me do, it's, it's my father who does it. I am the father I want. When my father sends me, when you receive me, you receive my father. He was always giving reference to the father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the father. Ah, the father. He was not talking about God. Which people would know God as ah, God, the mighty warrior. God, but they didn't really know God as a father. That's why when Jesus was about to go, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. Why? Because orphans lack a father. When he sent his spirit, he says, you've not received the spirit that will take you to slavery, but the spirit of sonship. And by him, Parabashanda, open the floodgates in abundance and cause your love to fall on us. Open the floodgates in abundance and cause your rain to fall on me. Ba, 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 ba. Sing it to your father. Ba, 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 ba. The father who is your protector. Sing ba 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 ba. Oh, oh, oh. Sing ba 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 ba. Now, one thing you have to understand. That the word Abba and Father actually mean two major things. Number one, Father means your source. <laughs> father means what? Your source. And that is why most of the times you will hear words like the steed of this man. Why well, I mean you are sourced from the man, the father. He gives his seed. That is why the Bible is able to say, Levi times. Is it Levi? Yeah. 
a tithe from the loins of his father. So a father is a source. A father is a source. And number two, a father is a sustainer. So not only is he your source, he's your sustainer. That's why in parenthood, your father ensures, your guardians ensure they take you to school. They ensure they provide for you. They ensure they do everything necessary for your sake. If it means they have to work the whole day, work the whole night for your sake, they will do it. Why? Because not only are they your source, they are your sustainer. What you need to understand is that Jesus comes to reveal a father who is better and greater than any earthly father that can be out there. Jesus says, if a father that is evil can still feed his child, what more God? Ah, listen to this, listen to this. If a father who is a serious criminal can still feed his child, a father that lacks love can still feed his child, what more God? There's a certain way you must begin to look at God. Some of you feel God hates you. What a lie from the enemy. He doesn't want you to enjoy father and sonship relationship. Some of you, the enemy has caused you to believe that the Lord doesn't even get to hear your prayers. That's one of the biggest insults you can ever receive. Anyone that convinces you and tells you that your father cannot hear your prayers is a lie from the pit of hell. If anyone is able to say that our father God cannot hear our prayers, we are trying to say he is incapable. Nothing can limit God from hearing us. That's why even the prayer of the heart is heard. Not even a demon can block your prayers. Not even a demon. I heard someone say, I pray, you were praying and your prayers reached the roof. I said, that's nonsense. They reached the roof. Are you trying to say God is incapable to hear even something that will reach here? Or if he can hear a prayer of my heart, what more something that is near the roof? But remember, the Bible also says concerning our father that his eyes are over the righteous. And his ears are attentive. Attentive. Do you know what attentive means? It means he's waiting for you. Attentive means he's paying attention. Attentive means everyone quiet. I want to listen to my son. Attentive means giving you the adequate attention that you need. Yes, talk to me, my daughter. Talk to me, my son. What can I do for you today? I'm here to come to introduce to you Abba Father. And when I introduce to you this Father, ah, this Father is so great. This Father is so lovely. This Father is so marvelous. No flaw in Him. Perfect. 
faithful till the end. Ah, this father is so good. This father declared in Jeremiah that I love you with an everlasting love. Imagine even before you're saved, he declared to love you forever. This father is there for us. And when we say, Father, I need protection. <laughs> says, don't worry. Not only can I protect you, I have the hosts of heaven that are also there on your side to protect you. When you say, Father, I need provision, he will say, silver and gold belong to me. It belongs to me. When you say, Father, I need this, he has it. And that's why one of the blessings of having a father is that you have access to inheritance. The Bible says a good father leaves inheritance for his children's children. So by default, a father must always leave inheritance. Glory to God. That's why Colossians 1 verse 12 says, you are qualified, you, me, you, your neighbor, are qualified to receive inheritance in the saints of light. Paul made a prayer. He says, I pray that your eyes may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of the inheritance of the saints. But yes, we do understand inheritance is only acquired if someone dies. And that's why he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for you so that the inheritance can be activated. He died for you, activated the inheritance. Three days later, he rose again to see you enjoy the inheritance. Saints of God, there is a loving father that we have. Any time you feel inadequate in whatsoever area of your life, run to your source, that's your father. Run to him. And say, Lord, if I'm, I'm a father, I'm hurt. Daddy. When you're praying, how, how many times do you use the word daddy? And that's why so many prayer lives are what I can say, full of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy and a lot of acting. Your own father. Dear Lord, I come before you today. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy. Eh. Ah. I, I'll be honest. And that's why some of you, your guardians at home, are, are scared when you start praying. Hello. What are you doing, Why? Because of the way you are approaching your father. My father, my father. You are the one. Like, do you want to scare your father or something? Yeah? 
I mean, even the angels, not mm, just go before your father. Hi, dad. Hi, father. I love you. Just be honest. I today my day was like this. I'm a little bit tired. I once told the Lord, Oh Lord, I really want to spend time with you today. I miss you so much. Oh daddy. And he says, sleep my son. And he put me to bed. Not necessarily because I wanted to sleep. He says, no, sleep, please, rest. Why does the Bible say he gives sleep to those he loves? Daddy jobs. Yeah. He may not sing a lullaby, but he's the best to put us to sleep. But he can sing it, depending on who requests for it. Because some of us, if he sings a lullaby, we'll be, oh, I worship you. No, I want you to sleep. Oh, sorry. That's why having a relationship with God, my goodness, is so beautiful. Having a relationship with your father is so beautiful. You've got to reach to a place where you have this relationship with your father. Sometimes the problem is that you only have a relationship with your master, but not with your father. When I say with your master, the only time you want to relate with God is only things concerning work. And that's why you're only seeing things concerning other people. You got some, the Lord showed me in the realm of the spirit, this, this, and this. Very accurate. But you've never heard the Lord rebuke you and say, don't do that. Why? Because you don't have a relationship with your own father. You've never heard him say, no, turn this side. You, it's just when you want to see, it's your friend. That hair that I'm seeing, it's not real. Yeah, I see it in the realm of the spirit. Ah. What about your relationship with God? No, the, the Lord told me. Hey, there's my son here. When you were given a word of prophecy that you should go and cut your hair, the Lord told me, go and cut your hair. I don't know if it's you or it was Chawel. Hey, go and cut your hair. Then what about them? What do they hear? Have a relationship with your father. The first time I heard my father, God in heaven, tell me, son, I love you. I was slain for 30 minutes. I heard him say, I love you. I know I don't allow people to say, oh, but mm, I felt, I don't know. I don't know what I felt. I felt like, you know, going like this and going like that. And I'm like, looked outside, the, locked the door. And I said, Lord, Lord. Oh my goodness. It's so beautiful. And just him saying, I love you. That's why the Bible says, those who know his name will trust in him. There's a certain way I felt after I was done with the prayer. Whenever I looked at people, I'm like, oh, look at this person. Oh my goodness. I can give him a hug. Like, there's a certain way his love, his nature reflects on you. Reflects on you. It's a certain way. And that's why even everyone that is perhaps in ministry or whatsoever, 
has to learn best from the father. You have to learn from the heart of the shepherd who is the father. It would benefit you. And so today, Lord, we just want to wish you a happy Father's Day. Father's Day. Well, he's been the greatest father that we ever had. He's been with us from the beginning. He actually said it in his words. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I shall be with you wherever you go. I shall be with you. My presence shall be with you. I will protect you. Whenever you need me, call upon me. Call upon me. Says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. What is the name of the Lord? Father Daddy, Daddy, call upon him. He says, I'll be there, I'll be there for you. Everyone needs a father. Everyone does. That's why even a 33-year-old man would talk about his father. That's Jesus. Someone cannot say, no, I'm a man. We don't do these things. No. Because God knew that. That's why he said, concerning you saints, treat the kingdom of God as little children. Do you know what a little child does when they see the father? Even though they can't run fast, they will just go for the father like that. Daddy, daddy, daddy. And then they'll carry the child. And if you're extreme fathers, you can throw the child. Hey, catch the child. And if you could only see, in most times, when you are hurt, many people say, let me go away and sort my life around. Yet they are neglecting a father who is doing this. Come. Come. Come to me. It's okay. Come. Come. They're saying, let me go and sort myself out. No, no, no. Come. Come. Why? Because he knows that you need a hug. He knows there are times you need to be encouraged. He knows there are times that you need to be helped. He knows it. That's why the time when Jesus cried out and says, Father, this cup is too heavy, but let your will be done. The Bible says immediately angels came, appeared, and began to minister to him. When he was on that cross, the Spirit of the Lord strengthened him. Why? He was in great anguish to the point that he began to even sweat blood. Hey, but there was a father, Lara Shupregenish, that was there for him. can understand this revelation will change your life. But now, let me conclude by revealing these things to you. Ask the Lord, why do you need to be a father in our lives? I know you are Jehovah El Elyon. I know you are Jehovah Shalom. I know you are Jehovah Nisi, our victory banner. I know you are Jehovah Magadesh. I know you are Jehovah Hagado, Hagabot. You are different kinds of gods. But then you reveal yourself as a father. Why so? Let me explain to you. A father is the only authority that is qualified to give you a name. 
is the only authority qualified to give you a name. So in as much as you know his name, that's okay. In as much as you know his name as father, by virtue of you being a son and a daughter, you are automatically automatically qualified to receive a name from your father. And whatever name he gives you is what you take it. Is what you take. The world will say you are a failure. But your father says, I didn't call you that. I named you champion. The world will say, no, you, you, you can't make it in life. Father will say, no, I didn't call you that. I called you a more than a conqueror. That's a name I gave you. The world will say, ah, you are slow. Your father will say, you have all things. Your father will say, you are blessed. Your father will say, ah, you are a champion. What am I saying to you today? Do not accept any name that your father did not give you. And every name your father gave you, he wrote it down for you. Just as in the hospital they write you a birth certificate, there's your names written in this book of life. And so when he looks at you, when he looks at Joseph, he calls him a prosperous man. When he looks at Gideon, he calls him you, mighty man of valor. When he looks at when when he looks at this one, he calls him this, he calls him that. Ah. But I love this father. Not only does he have the authority to give you a name as a father, he also has the authority to give you his name. Ah. That's why when if you were born from Mr. Samson Banda, when you become born, you become Rachel Banda. Why? Because he gives you his name. Which is Banda. When you are born from Mr. Tolle, when you become born again, or when you become born, you become El My Tolle. And our Father gave us a name. Hey, <laughs> He gave us a name. He says, "This name I have given you. This name I have given you." And that's what we're going to look at next week. Ah, glory to God. Let's give a hand to the Lord. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet.